Okay, so let's just jump straight into it, man. Um, let's just do a quick recap. So, so far we went over when I was with H&R Transport and then that situation happened. Then, um, like I said, a friend of mine, Eric, he went and got his fucking CDL. Uh, we tried to go out with Interstate. Um, that situation happened with Interstate. So then I tried to go over to, uh, what was that? Um, England. And when England found out that Interstate had put that on my deck, they couldn't hire me because they couldn't figure out why. So then in the meantime, while I was getting that removed because um, Interstate didn't have any right putting that on there, I headed over to CRST because by the time I had got over to CRST, it had already been off my record. So then that's when I stayed with CRST, I believe, what was that, for about, about a year and three months or something like that. I overstayed, actually, when I should have left. Um, you know, because like I said, when I stayed there, when I was teaming, the guy that I was really getting along with, he had went to JB Hunt. Then that's when I got with Andre and the shit didn't work out. The other driver crashed. I mean, these, these people were just like not trustable when I was dri when they was driving. So I had left from over there and then I went to U.S. Express and then that situation happened with that owner operator. And then I left from there. And so now here we are now. So now if you add up all these times, the six months here, the 14 months there, the, the, the year or so with that, I mean, probably now at this point, I've probably gotten about like four years on my belt. And at this point, y'all, I'm just kind of tired. I don't even want to do it anymore, to be honest with you, because I had already been through so, like several different companies. And I just said, man, it just seems like every time it's a situation, it seems like they're always choosing the other person's side that I'm getting into a situation with or this or that so I just didn't want to do it anymore and so I had another friend that I actually grew up in LA with um, his name is W I just call him for W for right now um, he actually grew up in the same area where I grew up at like I said Eric had went and got his CDL but W he had already um, you know he had already had his degree he went down to Atlanta and got his degree in business he went to uh, yeah I guess Atlanta went to uh, Tuskegee, came back, got his business degree. Now, his sister, she was already out in California selling property. He had an older sister, two older sisters, and one of them was already out there selling property in California. Now, she had already bought this townhouse down in Las Vegas off of Tropicana, this brand new townhouse, whatever. The people that was living in there moved out for whatever the situation was. And so when I talked to W., he was like, man, I'm getting tired of California. I think I probably want to just go down to Vegas to see what's going on. Because let me explain to you why he was mad and wanted to come down. Because before he even came down to Vegas, him and his sister had owned a fat burger out there in L.A., which was actually on the promenade in Santa Monica. They hadn't even had it for about a year. It kind of went under. One of the employees must have stole the money out the register. Um, you know, just a lot of. Plus, you had all those other restaurants over there. Because if you go down to Promenade, you have the Fat Burger. Then you have Subway. You had all the rest of these other competitions out there. So they just kind of closed down the restaurant after a year. And then he went on working for another um, restaurant down on Wilshire, like close to Beverly Hills. He did that for about two years. And then that went under. See, because a lot of these restaurants don't last. They stay up for a minimum about two to three years. And then they close down. You know, no restaurant ever just lasts like that. If you guys look into the restaurant building, they're always closing down and this and that because your biggest expense is your food. So he was just tired at that point after the fat burger and after that situation. He's like, man, I just want to go down to Vegas and probably see what's going on down there. 
And I said, well, yeah, I'm probably going to go down there with you because I'm getting tired of driving this truck. Now, we had already had another friend that had already made his way down to Vegas before we did. And the guy had already made his way down here. He was already driving a taxi. He actually used to come over to my um, apartments back in the days when I was doing the music. He would come over and hang out and, you know, just give me criticism on my tracks and music, this and that. Introduce me to a couple of people that wanted to rap, this and that. So, you know, we was all cool with each other. He was already down here before me and W already made our way down here. So we moved into his sister's townhouse. We were splitting the, the rent. Now, before I even moved down here, I had to turn in my license to get a Nevada license because you can't get any type of work out here in um, Nevada. You can't find any type of work out there be, without you having like a Nevada um, license. So I had to turn that in. I also had to get this food server card because... You know, that's what I wanted to get into was probably trying to go into some of these restaurants and, and be a food server or something like that. So as me and W are like every day we were getting up, going to all these MGMs and all these um, these those hotels out there, man, we was putting in these applications. I could feel like there was people like watching us from like behind the walls, like when we'd be going in there, man. I mean, I was I was going in there. We was both going in there three-piece suit I had on my tie and all that going in there uh, filling out application this and that but you could just feel like eyes just watching you and I mean I can understand why because this is like what was this 2005 like rest like like back then you know shit was booming back then all that money in those casinos and stuff so that's basically what was happening and so we was filling out applications um time went on about two to three months went by two months went by they called him he got a job at one of these star dust or whatever that was hotel out there and he said well don't worry once i get in because i guess he was putting in for the manager position because remember he had already had experience like that down in la and that's what his degree required he's like once i get in i'm gonna bring you on so i was kind of panicking at the point because now we're going on three months I had had some money saved up this and that, but we all know like what happens like once you start getting into your fifth and sixth months and haven't been on a truck, you have to get recertified because if most companies see that and they see that big gap, they're going to make you go out with a co-driver or whatever driver to recertify your shit. So I was kind of getting nervous at the point because I'm like, well, shit, I'm not finding anything. And a lot of reasons why I had a lot of issues out there is because you guys got to remember, I'm putting down like food server, this and that. But when they looking at my my reference is like trucking so they're trying to figure out well you don't even really have any experience in food servicing and this and that you just have trucking but i used to do that back in the days before i actually got into trucking because uh you know back then coming out of high school i used to like work at some of these fast food restaurants like starkey's up in the beverly center and stuff like that but you can't go all the way back then but you know they were just like looking at the trucking part and so that's probably why I was having a lot of issues. I did get a phone call from this one area, but it was in the area that I didn't like. I think it was off of Boulder. And everybody knows like when you go down there to that area, that's kind of like um, skid type road over there. And they wanted to hire me, I guess, to be a slash busboy slash dishwasher. And I just declined doing it because of what it paid and where it was at. It just I just didn't like it. So what wound up happening is, man, I don't know how I found this company. This shitty ass company named Knight, man. Um, I believe I probably found them on the internet. I applied. It was like a regional company. But the thing about it is um, I had to go down to um, Arizona to get hired because at the time, you know, they didn't have a terminal out here in, in Vegas when, when I was staying out there. 
So I had to go all the way down there to Buckeye to get hired. But I told W, I said, well, man, you know, I'm going to still pay my part of the rent because I'm still going to take my home time here. So once I got down there, they put me on this, this, this dedicated run that was with Coke. And anybody that knows Coke, man, you guys already know that that's a, a problem. Because first of all, if, it's, if you don't work for Coke yourself, and it doesn't matter if it's Coke or Pepsi, they both do the same shitty shit. They don't like outside contractors coming onto their property because they're a so-called union. So they try to make the, the, the people that come on these, these, these contractors, they'll try to do shit fucked up like they're not wrapping shit right. They're making you wait for hours to get the loads. And it's just a bunch of bullshit. Because even till like a few years back, I was working with this mom and pop company. And I had a dedicated that was actually going out there to Dallas. And then from Dallas, after I would unload my load on Monday, he would sometimes have me pick up a load from Dallas to go over to Oklahoma. And I would go over there to Pepsi and it was the same type of situation going on what I'm about to explain to y'all now like either three things you're going to haul from them it's with Pepsi or Coke either it's going to be their goddamn pallets either those bottles or either those goddamn empty cans it don't matter which one it is it's just never right and so when I was out out of there out of Buckeye they had us hauling those fucking bottles man and they wasn't wrapping the shit right they was lightly wrapping the pallet like one time now, how are you going to wrap this big five tie high pallet and just give it one wrapping? You know that shit is going to come down. And especially Knight. See, because Knight thought that they was being slick because the only way that they got this contract. And I'm just going to let y'all know straight out is because it was really like an illegal type of run because the load in the back was always overweight. So they instructed all the drivers and they said it's up. It's going to be up to your discretion. But we want you to take like that 93, 95 right there going up over that river dam, going into the back way of Vegas to come back up over and go down because they didn't want the truck staying on a 10 going past Banning because they know if you went over Banning, Banning is one of the most harshest fucking scales out here in California besides that grapevine and shit and they'll pull your ass over there because you, they'll know that you're like heavy load on the back so they was so Knight was telling everybody they were sending out memos take this way like basically letting you know like either take it or leave it type shit so the time that we would spend waiting to get loaded which was three to four hours then by the time we drive and get up over there into Vegas taking a 95 by the time I opened the door like four or five pallets came down and they wanted me to get back there on being on duty for almost eight hours, driving this load, waiting for it. They want me to break my back to go up in there and to stack all these bottles back up. So after a couple months of doing that shit, man, that shit was getting relentless and tired. I actually seen four drivers quit. It was just getting to the point, man, where I was just getting tired of it because every time I would open the doors, every single time, those bottles was coming down. And even though I was complaining to dispatch about it, they wasn't doing shit about it. That's just the only way that they got the run. And that's why I say that night ain't about shit, man, because fuck the dispatchers. Everybody's down there rude. They some assholes. They don't give a fuck. They just like take it or leave it type shit. I don't know what's going on nowadays with them if they kind of change their ways. But back then they were basically assholes and they probably still the same way. Nothing's changed. They just got older. So one day they had me take the, the, the bottles up there and the truck broke down because I forgot to tell you, they gave me like a shitty ass truck that damn near had like almost 700,000 miles on it, almost seven, 800,000 miles on it. This piece of shit ass truck. It broke down on me like at two o'clock in the morning on the 95. I was out there stuck. Dispatch wasn't answering the phones. I was stuck out there on the dry desert out there. 
Um, nobody came into the office till about five, six o'clock. Um, they had to send a tow truck out there to tow the truck back. And I said, man, when I get back to the yard, that's it. I'm, I'm going to fucking quit when I get back. But for some reason, this guy named Brian must have called me up. And he was like, well, yeah, um, I noticed that you have like a um, Nevada um, license. And he's like, basically, you know, you, you, you know, we just opened a terminal out here and we're looking for drivers. I said, no, man, nobody informed me of that. And see, that's how dirty that they was doing me. They was trying to keep me over there on that coke run, knowing damn well that my license was up out of fucking Vegas out of there. They wasn't trying to say anything. But Brian, I guess, got a list of people that that was driving out there that had Vegas. So he called me up and told me that he wanted me to come on to his fleet. So when I got out there, man, he had this one asshole that was a dispatcher on his fleet. Name was James. This dude looked like fucking Bluto, man. I swear to God, he mean, he looked just like fucking Bluto from Popeye, man. I want to knock his fucking head off, man. And I'm going to tell y'all why. Now, when I got on with Brian's fleet, Brian told me that, you know, he had a run for me that was like a turnaround, which was bullshit because it wasn't really a turnaround. A turnaround means you pick up this place, you go down here, they have something else waiting for you to come back and do a turnaround. Not you go wait and then you come back. Because we're talking about, when was this, 2004? Like, you know, back then... I believe the rules was because it's always changing every three to four years. Now it's like 11 you can drive and all the rest of this other shit. Don't even nobody knows the rules nowadays because it's just done change so much. But back then it was just straight 10 or either, you know, like you split it five, sleeper birth, this or that. But this was like straight 10. So they wanted their drivers to do a straight 10 so you could pick up down there, you know, drive. They say 4.5 up and 4.5 back to try to make it seem like it's 10 or some shit like that, which wasn't true because... It didn't matter if it was dealing with, with, with coke or with the run that Brian put me on. It was just all illegal runs because I was having a problem like getting an empty trailer to start my um, dedicated run. Because my run picked up at like 2 o'clock and I had two pickups. One over there by the terminal and another by, I guess, Nails um, area over there. It was an area called Nails over there um, off of exit 18 or something like that. So I picked up like four pallets over there by the yard. And then I picked up another five pallets, making it no more than about 10, 11 pallets. It was a light load going down to L.A. And so with the load consisted of getting, picking that up, then going down to L.A. And either they had me pick up in either two places, either it was a place called Clorax, which was the bleach off of Washington, or either I picked up in Fomex, which was in Orange County, which was a little bit further. It didn't matter which one of those facilities I picked up, that load wasn't never ready. Especially Fomex, it would damn near take four hours. If I would go to Clorox, it would take like two and a half, three hours. It didn't matter which one I picked up from. So this was like an illegal run because, you know, in order for it to be legal, you would have to pick up from Vegas, go down there, pick back up, and then come straight back. Not wait like two to three hours, four hours. And then the problem that I had was from the yard trying to find an empty trailer to even get loaded. And so this is when me and James had a problem because he didn't like the fact that I was taking the bobtail home because I used to stay right down the street from the terminal over there. I stayed right there off of Rainbow. So you could take literally Cheyenne all the way down about seven miles, make a left on Rainbow right there by the Walmart and everything. And you see all those apartments over there. I used to stay right over there by those apartments. And before they even built that second half of apartments over there, it was a big dirt lot. 
So it was just one half of those apartments that you see over there. Now you see all of those apartments because I guess they was building that other part and the vacant lot dirt that they had like around the back. But I was told by the people, by the management company, because she knew what I did for a living. She's like, well, yeah, you could park your bobtail and trailer over there if you want to. So it wasn't a problem. Plus, it was more convenient for me to just leave from there. It would be great if, if the plan was really for me to leave there hooked up with a tractor trailer so I could just head straight over and get my five pallets and head over to Nellis and get it. But that was never the fact because I was always bobtailing over there trying to go find an empty trailer in the yard. And if there wasn't an empty trailer, um, um, he would have me go unload a loaded trailer and then go over there, which would make me late. So now I'm even being even more late two to three hours than waiting two to three hours. If you just add up the time that I'm waiting to get a trailer and waiting to get loaded, that's about a good six hours right there. So how is this a, a, a legal turnaround run? And this is the shit that Knight was pulling. And then they put it out there to the drivers. This is why I be telling you, I mean, it, a lot of this should be bullshit. And then they put it out there to you because they know that you already over there. They know that you got to pay rent. They know that you got to pay your car note or whatever it is. And so they try to put it out there like take it or leave it. And then as soon as you take it because you got to pay your bills and something happens, they try to make it seem like I, I didn't force you to do it. Now, Brian was cool and everything with me, but he already knew that that run was bullshit. And one of the reasons why me and James got into it, because like I told y'all, James didn't like the fact that I had the bobtail sitting over there. I didn't know if he lived over there in that area, but actually he saw the truck over there. He was, and when I came into um, to the yard to turn in my trip packs, he stood up and came over and damn near almost like stood like, like right in front of me and said that there's no parking or equipment over there on the side of the road. I said, what do you mean by the side of the road? He tried to make it seem like I was parking on the side of the road like where cars is going up and down rainbow and like my the, the bobtail was sticking out on the side of the road. Because, you know, like a tractor is bigger than a car parked on the side of the road. That wasn't the fact. Um, Brian knew where the truck was because I told him he already knew the deal. And I got permission by the property manager to park it right there on the side, which was like actually like a little dirt lot over there. So me and him was going back and forth. Our voices were actually getting loud. Brian came out the back. He pulled James to the back. They was talking and kind of yelling at each other. He made James come out and apologize to me for that shit. And you could tell by the look on James' face that he didn't like that shit. I could tell, like, I'm going to have a problem with this guy because he didn't like that he had to apologize to me. He was one of those type of dispatchers that was an asshole that drivers would quit because of his ass. He just didn't want me to take the truck home. He wanted me to drive my car to the terminal when I'm right down the street from there, which would have made it even prolonged longer when I could have just left from there. That's what the whole plan was. That's why Brian said, take the stuff there because you right down the street from us, it'll make it more quicker just in case you have to look for, you know, an empty trailer, this and that. You don't have to go through all that. So I was getting tired of looking for these empty trailers or having to unload some shit just to start my run. So on one weekend, man, I said, fuck this. I must have got into the bobtail. I must have went around looking for like some of the night trailers. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I had like stashed like about like 10, 12, 8 trailers. But I had stashed about a good 6 trailers, man, like for, for the week. I, I, I would stash the trailers. I would put like 2 over there where I stayed. I would put 2 over there by where the cores is when you're coming off the 15. A couple by Nellis Way and maybe one somewhere else, you know. Just so I could get my run started off. So that was my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday trailer low. But sometimes what would happen is, I'm not going to lie, I would be stingy. If Brian would call me up or if I would get to the truck at 1 or 2 o'clock and he would already have 
on the Qualcomm where there's an empty trailer I could just go grab, I wouldn't even use the ones I would have. I would just keep those on reserve. So what wound up happening, how this came about to, to red flag is one time um, I must have told Brian I already had a trailer because he said you might have to go get some unloaded. So he didn't know that I already had a trailer that was over there. So I gave him the trailer number. He was like, cool. And for some reason, it came back on the screen as being missing. And so here come James fat ass getting into the situation talking about, well, where did he get this trailer? This is the trailer that I was looking for. It was missing this and that. And so I guess Brian told him because he already knew that James had a problem with me. He was like, well, I don't know. I guess he said that he got it from over here at the yard or somewhere. He already had it. And so now that that sent up a red flag with fucking James. So every time I would um, put on the Qualcomm, the trailer I had, he would make it a point to see how long that trailer was out there missing. And so, like I said, I wouldn't use the trailers I would have if Brian had already assigned me a trailer. I would just go get that and keep that on reserve. So a couple of those trailers was coming back like, well, damn, they was out here for like two to three weeks and we haven't seen this trailer in a while. So what James had did was, man, he had put out like this task force to find out uh, where I lived at over there to go see whenever it was time for me to, to get loaded um, to see like where I was getting the trailers from. So I guess he saw that I had a couple trailers over there by where he said I couldn't park the trailer because I actually hit it. It wasn't right there in plain sight. It was actually around the corner because you got to remember this is back in 2005 when a lot of that area was still newly being built. So I guess he had one of the drivers or somebody follow me to see me hooked up to the trailer and then they saw another empty one behind it. And so what wound up happening is that when I came back off of doing my run the next day, when I went back over there to go to that trailer, that trailer was gone. And so that gave me the first red signal that somebody knew from night that that trailer was over here and they came over here and got it. But I'm already saying in my mind, well, shit, I already got a couple more trailers stashed out somewhere else. So I'm not going to be worried about it. But when I saw that trailer missing, I had already knew that, you know, that somebody from night either saw the trailer over there or knew it was over there or they came over there and got it. So what had wound up happening is, man, is like. I was really just kind of getting tired of that run. I was like complaining to Brian about it. I said, man, this run is not really legal. I said, you know, I'm out here if I get busted because they already knew like coming back up north on the 15 down by Cajon, like that scale was going to always be closed because I would be coming back in the wee hours of the morning. Because you got to remember, I would leave at like three o'clock in the afternoon. By the time I get back down there and get loaded from Fomex or Clorox, by the time I'd be coming back, it'd be like what, like 11, 12 o'clock? Or sometimes one o'clock midnight because those loads are never ready. And I said, man, you know, I would have to back up my fucking um, logs. And, you know, like if you get busted, they could cite you for that for for what do they call it? Incomplete log. Like you're supposed to be doing it as you're going. But my logs was actually like left blank until I actually got back the next day to fill it in. Because if I started writing on it, I knew I would have to tear it up because as soon as I got down there to L.A., those, those, that so-called turnaround wasn't going to be ready. So I was complaining to Brian about it. I said, man, I'm just getting tired of this shit. I said, and then I said, it's really not paying. It's like, you know, I'm really not making that much. I'm only making like close to like 800 a week for this shit. And even though I had the weekends off, it, it just was, it was kind of a turnoff, man, because I really didn't, wasn't digging Vegas at that point. Like I don't gamble. 
Every time I would wake up to come outside, see all these goddamn fucking neon lights. You know, Vegas is just out there to get you drunk and to get your money and shit, man. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I did have fun out there. I went to the House of Blues and saw a couple of axes and that. But for the most part, man, I was just getting kind of tired of it. Now, this is what wound up with happening. Out of the blue, man, uh, on the weekend when it was time for me to come back to work, when I went around the back where the trailer was gone to go get the bobtail, the bobtail was gone now. So now I said, man, what the fuck is going on? Did somebody come steal the bobtail? It didn't make any sense to me. Something told me to go down the street to where the terminal was to go check and see what was going on. So I must have got the guy that I, that I told y'all that I moved with. I told, him to, I told him what was going on. I said, man, did you? you know, I said, man, the truck is missing. So he must have came with me. We drove down there to the terminal. Soon as we drove to the terminal, man, I was getting out the car to come in. They had like the gate like kind of pushed up. They already knew that I was going to be coming down there. Like I was probably going to figure it out. There was already like, like check this out. There were six guys out there, man. Six drivers out there that I've never seen before out there already waiting, telling me that I can't come onto the property, this and that. Then all of a sudden here come Fat Joe coming out the office talking about like, you know, you've been stealing the trailers. We need to know where all the rest of the trailers are, this and that. Um, you're fucking fired. I said, fuck you, man. I said, I quit. I said, I resigned. I said, because the reason why I need to have those traders is because the fucking run that you guys was giving me was illegal. And for me to take time out to go find these other trailers, it was making my logbooks even more. So as we was all going back and forth and, and me and the other guy was about to step on the property and like start, you know, getting into it with these guys. Here come like three or four fucking, um, what is that? Like Nevada PD comes speeding down the road and shit, jumping all out. They had already found out from James Big Mouth what was going on. And they told me that I wasn't allowed on the property, this and that. And I said, bullshit. I said, that, that. I said I still work for the company. I said, that tractor right there has my shit in there. So they went and pulled him to the side. They gave me like 30 minutes to go get the rest of the shit out of my truck. And for some mysterious reason, man, this time Brian was nowhere around. I don't know if he was hiding or whatever the face, uh, whether the case may be. But for some reason, what James had did, he went over Brian's head because even though Brian was in charge of that, he tried to make Brian seem like he was stupid. Like I was out there stealing these trailers, this and that. So it was kind of out of Brian's hands now because corporate was kind of mad about that because like a lot of those traders were still brand new and they was being sent through Vegas to come down into LA this and that so it was kind of out of Brian's hands he was just like in, in missing that day and so I was like fuck you I resigned as he was saying I was terminated I said fuck you I resigned so I had actually almost been there damn me almost two years it was like 15 months that I had been there but I was kind of tired of it anyway you know going up and down that highway like that it wasn't really paying all of that and I just still remember all the horror that I had out of the four months that I started with Pepsi before I even, I mean Coke, before I even went over there to go work out of the, the Cheyenne yard out of there. So when that happened, man, I just stayed in Vegas for probably about another two months. And I told the guy that I was roommating with and I got with the other guy that I originally came down with W. I told them, I said, look, man, I'm probably going to be going back to L.A. Because there, at that point in time, there really wasn't a lot of... Um, jobs like that out of Vegas because remember I had to get hired out of Arizona now there was companies like Coke and 7up but once again those were those jobs that they told me before down in LA that I couldn't do because they had 15 to 16 stops it was that little B class and whatnot and all the rest of this stuff so I just decided just to go on back down to LA at this point man I was just like fuck it I had it at this point and so now 
with me being heading back down to LA, this is exactly when I run back into Eric and me and him wind up working for the same company again. So I'm going to stop it at this point. And then I guess I'll come back and tell y'all when me and Eric actually um, reunite. And then that's when we kind of at that point, like I said, because I haven't talked to Eric now probably in about like 13, 13 some years, man. Um, but we actually actually got to work together. So I'll come back and tell you all about that on the next one. But like I said, fuck you, Knight. Until this day, there's still a couple of trailers out that I know your ass still ain't recovered. So fuck you. <laughs>